Let's go. Welcome to the Pop In, the adjacent podcast of Flop Stars, where we run through the big music releases and music stories of the week. And yes, we'll talk about the Kylie song. That's coming up very soon. We're also <laughs> going to talk about that amazing new Janelle Monet track. Um, BB Rexar has done the obvious thing you do merely two weeks after releasing an album and do a song with an Australian dance music duo. Um, and Kesha has a new song as well. So we'll get to all of that, plus new Lana Del Rey as well. But Sam Murphy, padum padum to you. Padam padam. <laughs> you know, I had to look up what that means. What does it, it mean? Out, it doesn't mean anything. It's like a. <laughs> it means like a, like a heart beating, like boom boom. I thought that, but, was but what in it was. French, heartbeats in French, as mine did oh. for um, about six months in my early twenties when I studied in <laughs> France. <laughs> well, bonsoir to you. <laughs> bonsoir. Gemma Pelnick. Um, we'll, we'll get to the Kylie stuff in a tick, but we'll, we'll start where we left off, where we were sort of doing a bit of a preview of what we thought the Renaissance tour would look like from a set list perspective. Did it match your expectations in the end? Yeah, pretty much. She's done, gone with the full Renaissance as long as she goes on stage at time. On time. Mm. If she doesn't, she cuts a couple, um, <laughs> which is fine. And yeah, basically, she's just interweaving all of her old songs, like Alien Superstar goes into Sweet Dreams, um, Virgo's Groove goes into Naughty Girl. It's like a pretty yeah. phenomenal set list. It's really, really well done. And I've been glued to TikTok all week watching it and living vicariously through the people who are experiencing it. And yeah. listener of the podcast, Jono, saw it last night. So I had Jono at Renaissance and then I had my roommates, Jack and Pablo, at Katy Perry in Vegas. So I was just beside myself. <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful night for voyeurism. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. Yeah, that Virgo's group Naughty Girl double was like, it's just perfect how she's weaved it all in together. And I kept looking through the set list, looking for omissions, and there really is nothing that stands out to me. Um, and just the just the confidence she projects. I mean, this is, not, this is an obvious thing. It's fucking Beyonce. But there is just something about her on stage right now at this tour where it's almost like a, yeah, I'm still fucking doing this and I'm at the best yeah. I've ever been. Look at me fucking go. And getting um, and away lo- with the most outrageous shit as well. Like she does that news <laughs> broadcast for America has a problem for with cunty news. It's like who is able to do that in a stadium? I think at it's this insane. point it's pretty clear that she's the greatest living performer. Um yes. right now. Like by I can't even think of anybody who touches her, to be honest. No. She makes everyone pale in comparison. And the fact that every time, like she's not like Bruce Springsteen, like wheeling out the same tour every couple years. Like it's always mm. drastically different from the yeah. from the one before. So I I cannot wait to see it. Cannot wait. Oh, it's just gonna be absolutely insane. Um and, and, and it's really interesting that we can have this conversation a couple of weeks into a tour because five years ago, we wouldn't know what this tour actually looked like beyond the set list. But now we've got a pretty... today. Right? It's ridiculous that we can it's have a conversation really about really weird. particular things in the tour. You see One, all like, the moments. And what's been yeah. quite amazing to me to watch over the past year is kind of the viral nature of concerts. Like, concerts were never viral moments, really. Like, maybe you've had points of festivals going viral for the past like 10 years or so but I was thinking about the 1975 tour and how that just spread fire on um 
TikTok. And now we're seeing yep. the same thing with the Beyonce tour and the Taylor tour as well. And as yeah. you said, like really specific key moments from it, it's just such a different time that we're living in where we can experience these tours like this. But you experience them in a really interesting way where in the, when you actually go to the show eventually, you don't feel like you've seen it all and like you're not experiencing it for the first time. You still get no. that feeling. Like I saw the 1975 show, I think I saw the last show in Australia and they'd been touring it for months before and you'd yeah. kind of seen exactly what it's like and it did not it did not take away from any of the the spectacle yeah. when you eventually see it. It's just that you get to see these kind of like funny little nuances and, and you get a sort of sense of where it's at and it almost adds to the anticipation in a weird way rather than spoiling the fun. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, such I a totally weird little agree. combo, it's isn't it? interesting um, um, time we're living in. The, the internet age is the a very interesting age. time. The age of Wi-Fi. <laughs> the age... <laughs> Well, that's half the problem, though. Half these videos are not being uploaded until after the concert because of the reception in some of these venues as well. Yeah, you've got you've got people sitting on the subway getting home, just uploading their little videos afterwards. Yeah. Um, and of course, big shout outs to Zara Larson, who was of course at both show one and show two of the Renaissance tour. Nothing else was to be expected. I saw um, that she was a little ashamed because Beyonce um, told the Brussels crowd that they were her best audience yet. She'd only done <laughs> Stockholm previously. So <laughs> she was um, already forming a ladder board. <laughs> it's going to keep going. And also uh, big shout outs to Zara Larson for teaming up with uh, Google to um, celebrate International Nurses Day um, in a collaborative post where she talked about Is the achievement true? of women in science. Yes, that's a real what thing that got posted on the internet. nurses? No, apparently everything. I'll show you. I'll show you. It's because her new song's called End of Time and that alludes to <laughs> the process of dying. <laughs> oh, she's already removed it. So obviously the obligation It's already gone. Up. Fuck the nurses. <laughs> <laughs> the obligation period's gone and she can remove it now. So it's done. Well, I'll do a little account. clap out the window for the nurses. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Just if they're if they're feeling the the void of Zara's post going, thoughts and prayers, <laughs> and no extra pay. Um, talk to me about. I, I love that I'm going to basically interview you about the new uh, Lana Del Rey song because it's an old song, right? Can you tell me the story, please? It's ten years old. It's from she recorded it during the ultraviolet sessions, and for the past ten years, she's teased its release at different points. But it went viral on TikTok with a sped up version. And usually Lana would ignore that um, quite purposely. <laughs> but it's she's releasing it tonight or it's already out in Australia. She's releasing it around the world. I mean, by the time you listen to this, it will be out everywhere. Um, yep. It's just wild that she's actually doing it and it's coming. Is there a thing with Lana, right? You know, we've talked about her at length before. She so it feels to me like she goes really in on being quote unquote online and yeah. very like connected to the 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 present and then she'll go through phases of being completely disconnected from topicality and what's yeah. actually happening and and that is kind of part of the magic it's all, that whole world thing that we talked about when we talked about Norman Effing Rockwell yeah. um that's the vibe, right? That she she Definitely. is either chronically online or chronically offline. Or not. And she was for Norman Effing Rockwell, dipped after her little question for the culture, 
um, blonder before chemtrails and was gone up until um, announcing Ocean Boulevard. And now she's back and back enough to acknowledge that a song of hers could be a hit based on its TikTok virality. It's incredible. This, you never know where she's going next, really. Wild Amazing. times. Um, Wild times. And finally, we can tell you that the new album by one Kylie Ann Minogue called Tension will be released on September 22, my brother's 24th birthday. Happy birthday to What him. a birthday present. Um, what, a, what, a, what a gift has <laughs> been delivered. I mean, this is the brother that exclusively listens to songs by Charlie Crockett. Um, but <laughs> I am... <laughs> I'm so fucking excited and it really feels like as this song and pretty much the entire album started leaking via TikTok sounds, um, it it has been a really exciting week for Kylie fans and there's just been this immense build up and excitement for this single, which it feels like for the last couple of albums, despite them being extremely good, in my opinion there was always this trepidation with an incoming Kylie record. There was this sort of fear. Oh no, here it comes. It's going to ruin the, ruin the reputation. Yeah. And with this one, it's been a completely different conversation from the first set, set little tiny snippet that we got at Padum Padum. Yeah. Well, disco changed that. I think, you know, like, yeah, I think that now she's, it's pretty clear that she's not going to have any huge chart hits anytime soon. She's in a very comfortable point of her career where she's just making music for an audience that absolutely adores her and an audience that grew during the disco period. Um, yep. And so I just think that the pressure's off and it, and everything just feels fun and you can hear it in Padam Padam. It's just a great pop single, nothing too tricky. She knows exactly what she has to serve and she constantly does. Like when you think about her going back to still chasing hits on an album like Kiss Me Once, which I listened back to the other day, an absolute train wreck of an album, like absolutely terrible. Quite difficult mm. to listen to, actually, I thought. So, <laughs> and then compare it to something like Disco, which was just beautifully pieced together, a lot of fun, knew its theme very well, and just delivered on the brief. And now going into Tension, I think we're going to get a similar thing. And what I love Here's- with Kylie, there's always a very strong theme to everything she does. Yeah, and that's so present here. And I'm just... Yeah, it, it feels very exciting. What you said at the start of your um, your thoughts there about she's not going to have another hit. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about this song and something about the feeling people are having around it that makes me think it could... That's because we're both on gay Twitter. The feeling is not extending beyond there, let me tell you. <laughs> I tried to think about it. I tried to empathise with Suburban Mums, which are my litmus test for a chart hit. And I did, I did think, I did think this is a bit too, um, a bit Kerry too from Castle Hill does them. not want to hear French on her radio. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> she had a moment 30 years ago of popping Edith Piaf on the vinyl, but she's done with that. She's done. <laughs> she wants pink in plain English. <laughs> Where where it's so funny you say that because we're literally t- from today on the radio we're doing a competition called Pink in Paris where you go and see Pink oh, in wow. Paris. So it's a combination of the two things we've just talked about. How amazing! Here's a, here's a <laughs> oh, oh, it was good, but I couldn't understand a word anybody was saying apart from Pink. She's <laughs> <laughs> the only one who speaks bloody English anymore. <laughs> Bonjour, motherfuckers. <laughs> Three That's words, dear say. Mr. President. <laughs> President. 
<laughs> uh, let's swing into Bop or Flop then and talk about Padum Padum. Um, obviously, I think we've said that all that needs to be said, a bop, and it's going to be a really fun and exciting time for Kylie fans, I think. Yeah, the fa- my favourite thing about it is it takes me back to, like, the fever body language era, which is, like, one of my favourite periods of Kylie, um, yeah. because it felt like she was embracing this really industrial, like, modernist pop in a way. Like, it's very minimal... Um, and feels kind of brutal in a way at the same time, but yep. also very sexy. And I love that about Padam Padam. I'm, I've, I think it's a great, great tr- track. Yeah, it's a, it's a good little moment. And I like, so like even in the Pop Chops group on Facebook that all pull, pull everyone to shreds, um, <laughs> even they're all very excited. And it's very nice to see people supporting Kylie. Everyone just, just gathers around Kylie, which is nice. I think she's yeah. her Jews. And I wish that Madonna could have that same kind of thing too. And mm. maybe she will now she's doing the tour and celebrating like her entire career. But it's nice when yeah. you see everybody jump on an, a legacy artist. Slay Kylie. Um, let's keep up a flop going. Georgia Smith's new song is called Little Thing. Very fast-paced, very up-tempo, very fun. So good. So good. Feels like British clubs. Like, the Georgia Smith just embodies British music, I think, like where it's been and where it's going. And Little Things has that very British club sound to it, but I like that the pace is just, like, really on it. Like, of yeah. all the dance pop records I've heard over the past year or so, this one sounds like it's doing something different. And I just love Georgia Smith. I think she's really cool. And it doesn't feel overly synthesised for a, a sort of, what is it, a, essentially a club track. It's very sort of raw yeah, it's a and bit lounging. human. Yeah. 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 Um, I share your sentiment. I think it's a really, really good song. I think it, it, it's such a combination of, of those really iconic UK genres. It's got that garagey thing. It's got a bit of that jungle feel to it. Yeah. But it still feels like a raw kind of, soul record as well yeah so it's sure. a it's a great combination you're right she really is the embodiment of british music where it's come from where it's going it's yeah she's, she's right in the middle of it in the right way forward. there's like georgia smith who does embody it and then there's like uh lewis capaldi who embodies a very different uh, part of it <laughs> happy happy album release day to lewis capaldi um janelle monet i've been hanging to talk about this song lipstick lover What a fucking tune. Oh. Yeah, it's it's been quite... Um, I don't know what the right word is for me. Quite an adjustment for me to get used to this Janelle Monet because I think for years we've been used to this Janelle Monet, who's a perfectionist. She's pristine. Everything she delivers is heavily conceptual. There's a lot that goes into it and there's a whole story behind it and everything just feels so piece together meticulously and on this era it feels like there's a looseness to it that we've never had from Janelle before it happened on float and it's happening again on lipstick lover yeah and it's quite it's quite a shift to get used to as a fan but I think that I've finally gotten onto it with lipstick lover and I'm really enjoying it I was on a Zoom. Were you on that Zoom call a few months ago with her and like yeah, all was. these de- 
the D yeah. and the DJs. So yeah. she said something on that call that she's now been saying in interviews. So I feel okay to say it. She tested these records to make sure they were right at illegal lockdown parties that she was yeah, having. Yeah, I just listened to a podcast um, between her and Angie Martinez today. And I was like, oh, okay, we're saying that. <laughs> She's just, she said it is a low. She just uh, fucking put it out there. Having all those I mean, parties. To- I had to listen to Chromatica some way, you know. <laughs> This was her and it wasn't in the company of one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a time! Um, Yeah, so she she basically was, but I I do really like what she was doing in that she was putting, she was having these events with her friends and all friends from the the diaspora, and she wanted to introduce these records without saying, hey, I want to play my new song for you. So she yeah. slipped it to the DJ and was like, just put this on in the middle of the set somewhere. Just let it let it happen. Make it natural. And if it works in the room, it's going to work on the record. And yeah. I love that way of doing it. I love, it's kind of like the, you know, you, artists will play a new song to a, to a live crowd and, you know, see what the reaction is. But I like the anonymity that she was going for with it. And just yeah, she was of... hardly pulling the wool over their eyes, though. She's got such a, like, unique voice. Her. As soon as the record yeah. went on, everyone was like, we're at her freaking house, you better dance. <laughs> 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 you want another um... lockdown party? <laughs> Pretend you love lipstick love. Oh, how our minds have been changed in the last couple of years. My gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, this it's just a, once you do get, once you understand where she's going and where she's at as a person and an artist, the music makes so much sense. And I love how fun and cheeky and, you know, it's just a sort of, it's not a a, overtly sexual song. It's just a really playful, fun, almost funny at points kind of track that makes you feel, you know, makes you feel free. And there's a lot of freedom in these tracks. And I really, really so love that much, for her. So much, yeah. And um, I think she was building to it on Dirty Computer. Songs like Make Me Feel, obviously, have yeah. quite a liberating um, feeling to them. But yeah, this is yeah. On, a, on a different level. It sounds unconcerned, which is a nice vibe to be in. Absolutely. Unconcerned, but, but also hooky as fuck. Like, yeah. That chorus yeah. is amazing. Um, really excited to see where, where this album goes. I think it's going to be a really, really special one. Um, G Flip, they have a new song called Be Your Man. Accompanied by a music video in which they get married to Chriselle, which we don't know. Wait, do they that... get married in the music video? Yeah. I mean, they are a promo machine. I've got to give them that. And Absolutely. I saw as soon as the marriage announcement came out, so did the um, poster for the new season of Selling Sunset. So Ding! <laughs> I should have promoed more with my wedding. What was I thinking? But I don't know whether it's real. I Surely don't by now. It's actually happened. It's gone on too long. But I'm always an idiot with these kind of things. Like when people were saying that Camilla and Sean Mendez's relationship was fake, I was like, who would do that? <laughs> people were like, it happens 
all the time. I can see your face. <laughs> it's so you. It's so you. I, I don't think their relationship is fake because I've seen them together in an in a quiet setting, and they're definitely Have together. You? I just don't know whether. Are you looking for real estate in the Hollywood Hills currently? (laughs) It's backstage at Splendor. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. Fuck! I want one of those houses so bad. I know. Um, I don't think. I don't think the relationship is fake, but I do think the marriage component is not necessarily real. But I'm willing to be proven wrong. I want to see a marriage certificate though. I don't really care, though. Like, if you want to pretend to be married, that's fine. If you are married, that's fine. If you aren't married, I give a shit. But they I'm did the whole Elvis thing. You know, know how I'll know if it's if it's true love. If um, G writes a song for Selling Sunset that's like, slay, slay, money, baby, make it worth it. <laughs> we are real estate agents. We all have shit-eating grins. And we love money, money, Shiny money, car, money, shiny and car, and shiny, shiny, real. shiny car. <laughs> We'll never get rid of the mold on your roof. We will make you sick. We are real estate agents. All right, there's no mold in there. It's the bloody Hollywood Hills. <laughs> it's true. It's not Homeworld in Kellyville. <laughs> <laughs> What's with you and Western Sydney references today? <laughs> Obsessed. <laughs> it's fucking Castle Hill. My Delta Goodrum era. <laughs> in your Hume Highway era. <laughs> It's a really niche. Oh, it's not that niche. If you're Australian, you'll get it. If it's you're American, um, it's a highway that goes through the two suburbs that he's mentioned during the podcast. Okay, moving on. Uh, Remy Wolf is back. No, we didn't say it. Talk about the song. We did not mention the song oh. once. Cool. Well, this is and this is the thing. No, I think talking it's about very the music. Good. I was talking about the relationship. I think, well, I think it's very good. I really like. This reminds me a little bit of about you, G Flip's first song. Me, that's what I thought. That's what I, I think thought. they do. They do that sort of like yearning emotional thing really, really well. And I, I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast, but I, do, I think they're one of the best live performers around at the moment. They're absolutely phenomenal. And the yeah. voice carries all of it. Um, they have a tendency with these songs to just, I don't know what it is. They just talk about love and, and yearning in a very accessible way. And yes. Yeah. And they're um, so passionate that it makes me believe that they would get married in less than a year of being in a relationship. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. It's a bop. It's a really good song. Yeah. Um, very, very beautiful. Go. Sometimes G, I forget Lippo. to put bad songs in bop or flop and I just put songs in that I like. Um, and I think I've done that this week. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing going through it. I'm like, God, we're doing, we're doing toxic, toxic we can optimism. throw in the new Maroon 5 song if we need a flop. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even heard it. Is that, did that come out this morning? Yeah. Or we apologize yeah. for the, we apologize for the all over the placeness of the, um, of the delivery of the podcast over the recent weeks. Um, there's been illness. There's been illness around. in the family. There's been illness yeah. in the family. Um, <laughs> oh, and now we're back. Just that... sick in the head once again. Not <laughs> no physical symptoms. Just mentally ill as usual. <laughs> Just mentally. Um, <laughs> we can speaking of being mentally unwell. <laughs> the next song. Oh, you mean the song name? Yes, not the artist. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Remy Wolf's got a new song called Prescription. Um, it's another track done with her regular collaborator and producer, Solomonophonic, who I think is one of the most talented producers in the world at the moment. Um, what do you think of this song? I love it. 
I think it's one of the best things she's done in ages. It yeah. feels so abstract and hypnotic, but at the same time, there's a very strong melody that runs through it. Yeah. I like when she goes and, and this, she, I file her under the list of artists that does silly so well that when they go earnest, it's believable and real yeah. and enjoyable. And this is one of those songs. And it kind of, it reminds me a little bit of Liz, her, her song, which is one of her, her best sort of slower ballady type songs as well. Yeah. Um, and I just think when you get to hear her voice in this way, it's a reminder because she does all those ridiculous vocal tricks on the faster paced kind of songs. And it's very yeah. much based on, on tone and pace, but you realize on songs like this, that she's a fucking phenomenal singer and it's, it's she can really do anything with that voice of hers. She's quite something. Yeah, she really is something. Uh, what do you know? What this is part of? Is it part of a new project, um, or is it just there? I think it's just. I don't know. I think it's just there. Let me just have a look. There. Um, hang on. And there's a live video on YouTube of that song as well, which is not surprising. It's very, very good. Um, yeah, there's no, no kind of conversation yet about whether there's an album coming or anything. It's just all been pushing to the single. So I think it's just a single at this point. Alright. Up the rim. Good on there. Bop! Bop bop! Uh, Pinal, BB Rexa, Ozuna. One of the great combinations of our time. Because... <laughs> What do you it do when you're BB? Sense. What do you do when you've just put an album out? If you're BB Rexa, you collaborate with an Australian dance music duo. Why not? That is the linear. That's linear releasing. That's how it isn't happens. It? That's how. I it mean, happens. as we know, this song was actually meant to come out quite a while ago, um, and a leak may or may not have found its way into my lap at some point, and I actually listened to the song. For the first time with you. I remember this. We were driving into the beautiful Southern Highlands region of Australia, um, going to our ill-fated uh, recording evening away that was Which not able to happen. Which gave you a episode and nothing Which more. <laughs> <laughs> and us, many Aperol spritzes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that we got trapped at a pub because we were out in the middle of fucking nowhere and we thought that it would just, an Uber would appear out of nowhere, which it did not. Um, and Sam, Sam's wife, Bianca, and our silent producer um, was worried there'd be no ice back at the, the Airbnb because the power had been out. So asked for a bag <laughs> of ice from the bar and then was carrying around a literal plastic bag full of ice in this pub for like an hour and then <laughs> went up to these people and offered them some ice <laughs> to which they were mortified and ran away from her <laughs> post haste. <laughs> so that was the setting for listening to BB Rexa and Pinau and Azuna's stars. Um, as which a follow up right. to, Of course. Um, as a follow up to the track with Khalid, um, because I'd, I'd only heard this in isolation after the, um, the, not like social isolation, I'd only heard this on its own. And I think it was just after the Troy Sivan collab sort of started to do some stuff. Yeah. Um, we didn't have the Khalid song at that point. To me, with the Khalid song in the hard way in the mix as well, this feels a little bit lacklustre to me. I was about to say the exact opposite. I think the right. Khalid one can go. 
I don't need it. I think no. this and the Troy Sivan single makes a lot of sense side by side. I don't think this song's yeah. lackluster at all. I remember you said that when you heard it for the first time. I think the chorus is really, really good. I don't think it's as good as the Khalid song. I, I, I really think, think of the three, the that's the best. Song. No. no. I, it's a great chorus. Well, another song where Khalid sounds like he hasn't even got up out of bed. You've got a Khalid... Um, you've got a vendetta against Khalid at the moment. Because he's so boring. <laughs> so boring. He never sounds like he's got any personality in his voice anymore. It's See, just I- monotone the whole time. Whereas BB, always giving a shade. She can do Dolly. She can do rock. She can do 70s. She can do this kind of like hair commercial disagree. vibe. I don't disagree. <laughs> but I disagree with you that there's no... I think the most personality he's shown in a couple of years is on the Pinal song. I would agree with that. That's not a compliment. <laughs> it's still not much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's still a bop. It's still a bop. It's just not. Um, it's not delivering for me like the last two tracks from Pinal have. But I love these guys, and um, you know, I, I had a chat with Nick from the band a couple of months ago, and he was talking about how like it's quite phenomenal that they're basically twenty years into their career. They did an album with Elton John a decade ago, an entire album, and really the first thing that's got them into rooms with people like Khalid and BB Rexa is when they did Cold Heart. That was what got yeah. them there. I s- like, yeah, that is wild. And that's because of Elton John that that would have happened. Yeah. You know, they're two dudes in their 40s now. And they've been this sort of like the first 10 years, really, they were just this like fringe Australian act that was sort of like underground a little bit. And then it's, it's taken them 20 years and now they're having a bit of mainstream success and sort of more, more of a global sort of energy to them. Um, and I think that's very fun and exciting. Well done. Yeah, I think it's exciting too. I think they're doing a great job. I think this is a bop. It's a bop from me too. Don't you worry about that. Um, we've got two more <laughs> tracks. Let's talk about Rasheen Murphy and DJ Coz and this song called The Universe, which is just like, it, uh, suited, it's as cooked as I thought it would sound. It is so cooked. It's the kind of thing that I would find funny after a bottomless brunch and about 15 more drinks. <laughs> like the humor yeah, in it released. is so niche. I stopped and I was like, what is this line about the freaking yes. rowing the boat? But it's genius. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It feels like surrealist art. I just think Rosheen Murphy is one of the greats out there. Um, she seems like she has an incredible sense of humour. And I love that she's kind of detoured a little bit away from the dance floor and is giving this really vintage oddball pop sound on these past two tracks, Kakul and this one. So good. Yeah. So yeah. good. I, I didn't realise until a couple of years ago that she was Maloko, as in Sing It Back. Yeah. She's and had quite a career. A phenomenal career. Um, and DJ Coz, I mean, you and I both know, and any DJ knows the brilliance of DJ Coz and Lapsley's operator. Um, oh, I, D- I wheel it out every single party. <laughs> I wheel it out twice And I don't sometimes. care, you're getting the seven-minute version. <laughs> yeah. Don't put me on hold, please. This bitch is running through. 
And do you ever, you know that bit where it's just the, oh, and the drums drop out. Do you ever get it up on the other deck and play the drums, loop the drums from the very start over the top of that bit? Oh, I'm not playing it on deck because I'm playing it on an iPod. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have those capabilities. <laughs> the three DJs that listen to this will find that very um, will find that very relatable and entertaining. Um, but this song, like, I, I think I don't know much about DJ Co's, but what I feel is that I, I think a he, I think DJ yeah. Co's is a he, um, leans into this like it, it's feel, always feel good, but there's always emotion in it and yeah. oddball at the same time, all yeah. in one. Totally. And he's got a really incredible personality. And I always find it amazing when personality can come from literally like drum beat, synth. Yeah. And like little noises and shit. Yeah. Todd Terrier is kind of the only other one that comes to mind immediately that does that. That's so true. Maybe maybe Fortet to an extent as well. And maybe Fred. And maybe a lot of dance producers, but... Yeah, but Fred's got a lot more intentional colour in his work, you know? Like, it's a lot more widescreen than these two. Yeah, that's actually a really good way of putting it. Wow. Um, Very profound. That's good from you. Um, Yeah, Total Bop. Um, I reckon this is going to be one of those songs that sticks around for a little while in in this sort of, like, weird fringe dance community thing. Yeah, I think Um, that there's going to be a cult that's going to really gravitate towards this Roisin Murphy record this year. Yeah. So is there an album? Is there an album coming? There's an album, Hit Hit Parade, I believe it's called. Oh, that's um, the best name. Yeah. Yeah, it's very fun. And the cover is very fun as well. Bring so it. it's got this and Cool on it and then various other songs that we're yet to hear. Bring it. Um, yeah. Get it, Rasheen. Uh, final song in the pop-in this week before we give you our fa- main episode, which we'll tell you about in a second. Uh, Only Love Can Save Us Now. The next track from the 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 Kesha record is the Kesha record out. I should know. It's out. It's out. Gag order is out. Okay. I have you listened? Sounds like to you've it? had a gag order. Have you listened to the whole album? I've listened to it from start to finish. Yes. What do, what do you think? I don't know why. I'm <laughs> spring. Just a bit it now. is actually quite a profound record. I think you will be quite surprised when you hear it. There is not one traditional pop song to be found on the entire thing. It's very minimal, as Rick Rubin often does. Um, mm. It's quite sad, like very sad, actually. I've kind, of, I've in the beginning, I was like, "What the fuck, is she doing?" And by the end, I was like, "This is quite haunting to listen to." Yeah. Um, and only love can save us now is definitely the most accessible thing on the album. It's got those really? kind of classic Kesha spoken word verses, and then the big. Um, gospelly chorus but it's by far the most accessible song that's amazing um yeah. i'm really I, i'm actually really keen to listen to the album and i'm sad i haven't already um i don't know well, why i didn't know been out for I don't long know why i didn't feel that it was out last week i feel like it's I didn't out see today like, like literally today oh it just came out oh that yeah so don't be too hard, hard well i was well. i got invited to a listening session last week um with like fans and stuff and i didn't go so i presumed it was out that week and then, okay, I've just gotten very confused. You know what I'm like. It's um, this song is great. Um, the verses, Formation wants its verses back, but 
still great. It's the second person I've heard say it's quite Beyonce. I did the, not the, pick the that up. The verses, chorus isn't, but the verses are very like, might get your song played on the radio station. Ah. Give it a listen with that context because it really, it does, it does give that to me, but I think it's a really, really cool song. Um, and it's just good to see Kesha just doing what the fuck she wants. Yeah. Like if, you know, so much trauma there and so much, it's, you find a lot of the stuff that we found really joyous in the early 2010s quite hard to listen to now. Yeah. Because definitely of what we know and to, to see her just doing stuff that, you know, she doesn't need a hit. Does not need a no. hit. Does not need a break. Cr- Which is why I think they just let the album come out so quickly, and the yeah. album speaks for itself. There is not a hit on there, and there won't be a hit. Um, and that's on fine. It. But I really encourage you to listen to it. I think it's quite, um, quite a despairing listen. Give it a whirl. Um, on a, on a lighter note, to wrap the podcast today, I'm pleased to announce that at the precise moment we hit record on this podcast, Zara Larson shared via her Instagram story, yeah. the International Nurses Day video once more. I should um, <laughs> it's, it's called Three Women Changing the Face of Medical Science. There it is. And it's, it's a, a green picture screen. of her. It's classic, green screen. <laughs> it's classic green screen TikTok material where she talks about these three nurses. Google Arts and Culture celebrated International Nurses Day with Zara Larson. Learn about her mum, who was a nurse. And three more amazing women who are changing the face of medical science. And you know those three amazing women got paid dust to do this and Google's handed Zara a big fat check. For seven... And the thing's got to be on a profile for seven days. Can't be removed for seven... And then precisely at seven days... It's off. It's gone. It's off. Then we go on to the doctors. Then we go on to the doctors with a much larger budget. Look, it's two people who occasionally do a little bit of sponsored content. Um, kudos to her. Just oh, I'll take the check for anything. Anything. Absolutely. We're here if you need Google Nurses Club, whatever it's called. Uh, in, even incontinence. I'm happy to do that. If anyone needs the face, the new face of incontinence, call me up. That'd be quite that good for me, big... actually. I do actually run to the toilet about every 20 minutes, so I would be a good face of incontinence. <laughs> Our Flop Stars episode this week <laughs> is a modern day classic. It's an album by a pioneer. A pioneer of the side mullet haircut. This week's Flop Stars album is Diamonds and Dance Wars. You are giving this quite Ava a leading roundup. If anybody would have guessed we were doing Beyonce with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really you know what's hooks. absolutely hilarious? John, a listener of the podcast, good friend of mine and yours. Um, his oh, partner, you speak Harry, yourself. who may also be a listener of the podcast, I'm not sure. I have. He messaged his mum a video of Beyonce at the Renaissance tour, and his mum replied, Is that Rita Ora? <laughs> 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 Isn't that so good? It's perfect. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> On that note, come over for the podcast episode about an icon. 
That's the funniest fucking text. That's so good. Crazy. So good. Anyway, we'll see you in again next well. week. Bye. See you soon. Um, and feel free to uh, share this episode of the podcast if you like talking about new music every week.